0: And welcome back to 99 Potions. You thought we were dead, but don't worry, there was a second ship just off screen in the clear blue sky the whole time, and we were riding on that. Uh, When the first one exploded, and you thought it had killed us, that wasn't true. Don't worry (laughs) at all. 99 Potions is back again. I am Steven Strum, managing editor of FanBite.com. I am joined once again by someone who has never needed to um, hide
1: their survival from anyone before John Warren. I, I, I'm, I, I'm always surviving and being loud about it. That's what they say about me, John Warren.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh And someone who has never had their memory erased and then like just gotten that memory back almost basically immediately, thus leaving absolutely zero consequences to the entire scene is Natalie Flores.
2: That's absolutely right. Hello. It's because I have no memory whatsoever. So you can't erase <laughs> what's not there.
0: That's true. Exactly. That's how that works. Uh, and then finally we actually have another special guest this week, much like we did last week, but this one is a new face. This is a kind of a new character, a new hope if you will. We have one is it Je- do you go do you like Jessica or jest? Either way, honestly. whatever okay. she likes year. Queen Likes Queen. <laughs> we have Queen Jessica Howard here with us from uppercut oh, wow. uh, for, fa- and for <laughs> fanbite.com this week. Thank you for joining wow. us.
3: Wow yeah, of course. Uh, I guess uh, Joe Biden wasn't the only one getting inaugurated today.
1: No, he was not the only one. Well, this is the most important inauguration, clearly. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
3: Clearly, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: This Um,
3: is
0: the one that's going to have real impact on the world.
1: I mean. uh, I I think by default. I I have the feeling that this episode of 99 Potions will do more good for the world than Joe (laughs) Biden in the next four years. But that's just me. We don't have to get into that. I'm glad everyone is here and talking no, about
3: No, no, yeah. Uh, $3,000 checks for everyone's fanbite.
1: <laughs> <What that? laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, just a fanbite. Wow. Just a fanbite. Just, get, just,
3: fan
1: just
0: getting stuff done right away. <laughs> and now it's been revealed why she's on this podcast. She bribed us. So <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, Jordan, cut that out. Cut that out, please. Uh, <laughs> please. Uh, please. Um no but this week we're actually here you don't have to cut that out Jordan. Um this week we are actually going to be talking about an administration that I think everybody agrees is uh corrupt and evil. We're talking about the Shinra Corporation which wow. runs the oh, city of Midgar. Nice Good segue. Mm, yeah. I know. I'm back in the saddle. I haven't hosted a podcast in a minute and it just kind of it's like writing a
1: well, you had Chocobo?
3: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> Chocobo's all I got for you. It's
1: like writing a.
0: A broom, a broom like in Hocus Pocus, <laughs> the only the only media property that matters where people write brooms. Uh, it was exactly like that. And yeah, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Specifically, this is kind of a revisit of the olden days of the game, uh, as well as the sort of, I guess, rumors and speculation and conspiracy theories out yeah. there about... The new stuff that was
1: uh, trademarked very recently. Well, I feel like we've Uh, seen some movement in terms of what we might see next. And so I I guess we felt like it was a good time to, like, bring up some of that stuff and talk about maybe the ending of the game a little bit more thoroughly than I think we have in the past. So.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Totally. Because uh, we did a spoiler cast on the fanwidth feed, or depending on when yes. people are listening to this, maybe the Channel F feed, which is our main gaming podcast. But we didn't go too deep into spoiler territory for the ending of the game elsewhere. So that's been kind of quarantined. This time, however, we are definitely going to be talking about spoilers, I think. So everybody. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Strap in for that one. Because I. Has everybody on this podcast beaten the game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's Jordan, beaten Final. Pitchers Jordan. Is Jordan, our producer, <laughs> Jordan. Is, is, is <laughs> has
1: not beaten it, and is now just resigned whomp to being whomp. spoiled uh, oh, into oblivion with it. But it's okay. Jordan's a, a trooper. This is just being in media. I feel like you know.
0: Well, to kind of spin off from that for a second, then. Um, if people, does anybody want to kind of like give us their, as we often ask, their history with this particular franchise? Jess, obviously, since you have not been on this show before, I'd love to know yeah. uh, your history with the Final Fantasy Seven or Final <sighs> Fantasy in, in general as well, but Seven specifically.
3: Um, so Final Fantasy Seven is my favorite game of all time. <laughs> I perfect. Yeah, um, that game is. What I, mean, I, th- I feel like it's the only reason I'm doing games journalism like that is the game that made me love wow. games I don't think it's the first game I ever played. Um, in fact I know it's not because I played like Super Nintendo games. I, I really liked the the Tiny Tunes game <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 and, yeah. uh,
3: uh, Link to the Past and stuff like those are my first games, but I remember um, My family getting Final Fantasy 7 day one that it came out um, oh, Wow yeah, my mom used to uh put the Chocobo Racing on automatic and let me sit in her lap and hold the controller. That's so I thought the I was playing.
1: Cutest <laughs> thing I've um, ever heard. That's great. Yeah,
3: it was it was like a, my whole family absolutely loved that game. Um and I finally played it like probably once I could comprehend it somewhat. So like, you know, like 99 probably. Um 99, so been, that's a good number. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was probably like six. <laughs> um, wow. that's awesome. yeah. And that was the first game that made me realize that games could be a lot more than like platforming, you know? Cause like, I feel like mm-hmm. when you're younger, that's kind of what you associate it with. Like the banjo Kazooie stuff and just like running around. And I was like, oh shit, games can have stories and they can make you cry and they can be really powerful and moving.
0: Um, Were you perhaps one of the people on the message boards at the time typing out <laughs> "I cried when Eris died" type things?
3: Oh, absolutely! I'm sure. I'm sure I was. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it was a very communicative uh, six year old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A very technology literate <laughs> one too, I guess.
3: Very very savvy. Um, I mean, I I remember writing my first fan fan fiction about um, Link after playing Ocarina of Time on a floppy disk.
4: Oh, perfect! <laughs> so yes, using,
3: uh, <laughs> using PowerPoint ninety eight. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> true story. True That's story. Incredible. All of that.
0: Oh my god!
3: I um, am
2: a loser. No, oh,
0: this is the realest shit no, I've heard no, this, in months. That's
2: clearly <laughs> queen shit. What are you no, talking this is, about?
0: This is it, yeah. This is a fan fiction um, friendly Yeah, you're not the
2: only person <laughs> who writes fan fiction in here. Out of that of this is website. that's so safe nope. and welcome right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Is such a baller move. Fuck, like fan think- fiction on PowerPoint? Yeah, it, because I needed to have pictures. <laughs>
3: Oh,
2: Oh, sure. (laughs) You illustrated
4: it.
3: Yeah, Yeah, of course. Of course. I needed to guide the reader, um, which was no (laughs) one. It was just me. But I needed to (laughs) guide myself. (laughs) Oh, Um, my
0: God. I love that.
3: But yeah, I I became obsessed with Final Fantasy 7. Um I played all the spin-offs. I watched Advent Children far too many times despite <laughs> that movie. Yeah,
0: like rough, rough. <laughs> huh? Let's let's Yeah, that's uh,
3: definitely a one-time viewing thing. Um, they, I'm
2: sorry can to interrupt, out, but you can they check out you
1: love to see it. No. <laughs> yeah, we did an Advent Children podcast. We did an Advent podcast. Children episode. Yeah, so. okay.
2: Listeners should check those out, but I just want to say Most people at Fanbyte think that Advent Children is the worst Final Fantasy movie, and I still have problems with this. I still object. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spirits Within.
1: No! No! Spirits Within is the worst one. Spirits Within is, like, as a film so much more co- we Bad. can't do this we can't do this But, no, but maybe, I can't this. we can't, can't relitigate this we had three
0: back to back weeks where we had this exact argument we all became the joker we all became, the joker. But now we all became the joker over
1: three weeks about the three final fantasy movies anyway
3: I, I, oh I need to rewatch watch it movies, I need to rewatch it because I, I remember watching it like no, fresh off of like playing final fantasy 9 and 10 and like I put it in and
2: I was like what is this shit <laughs> you really don't have to rewatch it <laughs>
0: No, what you do, need though. to do is go f- watch Kingsglade for the first time. So Ultra mm. shows up, right? And it makes perfect sense. It's great. Um Paul I uh, almost said Paul Ryan. That's not who it is. Uh that Paul other Red. kid, Paul Rudd, <laughs> is in that one. He plays the Oh, knife I was guy. kidding. No, yeah. he's not in that movie. I was oh, okay. kind of doing <laughs> a lot of I was like, yes, holy shit, was thing. he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. No, no, you're right. Ant Man. Uh, it's kind of a crossover. Anyway, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 7 remake.
2: Wait, Jess, have you already seen King's Cleave? No.
1: Oh I my
0: god, <laughs> N- <laughs> Natalie! <laughs> I just to make. We
2: were on
1: track, and then you like cartoon shoved the train <laughs> off. I of just
4: Make
2: sure
1: <laughs> you fucking dropped an Acme angle on my head.
2: Because I'm still thinking about how y'all don't think Spirits Within is the worst one. So I'm like, no, well, if you watched it, it, it is. No. So like order like I want to know Jess's order of the Final Fantasy movies, but since she hasn't seen Kingsclave, yeah. then but even then <laughs> you know that Kingsclave is ever so slightly less bad than the Spirits Within.
1: And so I got Final silence. Fantasy. <laughs> <was a game laughs> can you go ahead and grab out. some cricket? Um, can you grab the, some cricket I will say, for that? I
3: I will say because I this is this is the hill I die on. Um, the best like Final Fantasy animated movie anything is um God what is it? Is it's a uh, Last Order?
0: Last Order, yeah. Last mm-hmm. Order is amazing.
3: Everybody should watch that.
0: I haven't seen uh, it. We we still need to do that for you love to see it, I think, at yeah. some point. Last Order is related to Final Fantasy 7, as it turns out, because it focuses on the character named Zach Fair, if I'm not mistaken, um in what his <laughs> last team. name is. Yeah. that's uh, your wife?
2: Uh all everyone in Final Fantasy Seven is kind of my wife, but That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um And Final Fantasy VII Remake does a lot of stuff with Zack, I would say, and it takes a while (laughs) to get there, but it definitely does some very important stuff with him at the very end of the game that kind of, I think, is one of the things that really um, sort of makes that game as a whole product so exciting and what we can expect here in the future very exciting. And now it seems like we're maybe going to get more of that stuff because um, one of the trademarks that was listed for Final Fantasy VII is called Ever Crisis and the whole crisis phrasing kind of relates to zach who is a major character in final fantasy 7 doesn't really show up until the end of remake like i like i was just saying but is core to what's going on in that game still i don't know we if people want to share, yeah. share their kind of like if we want to just skip straight to the kind of meat of it like yeah. we want to just talk about that ending
1: i mean i think i think like you know if it, we we have to briefly discuss especially if folks are Maybe listening to this and don't really care about spoilers, but, but may not know, Um, you know, a prequel to Final Fantasy 7 did come out on the PSP called uh, Crisis Core. Crisis Core. And that really focused on the fleshing out the story from the original Final Fantasy 7 that... You know, uh, for those who don't know, Cloud is not really who he thinks he is, says he is, uh, has basically assumed the identity of a soldier named Zack Fair. And Crisis Core is really examining the events that Zack Fair experienced prior to the events of Final Fantasy VII. And, you know, so we see these little vignettes in the original Final Fantasy VII and also in Seven Remake that uh, hint at this. Uh, this inciting incident at, at Nibelheim and, and other places um, that Zach and Cloud were both a part of. Um, and, you know, we thought Seven Remake, we thought it might take a very linear path in terms of retelling things, but fleshing some things out. But what the end of Seven Remake seemingly did mm-hmm. is undid basically the the untimely death of Zach fair is what it seems mm-hmm. like, which, um, and we can definitely get into this has a like massive, massive ripple effect. Uh, at least, you know, in terms of like how many characters would be affected and just like timelines and all that stuff, which like I have zero idea, like zero inclination, how that is actually going to interact with whatever comes next. And I think maybe that's like a good conversation point to think about like, how how does this actually affect everything going forward? Because it could be minimal or it could be completely, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it could be minimal or we could get Genesis Rhapsodos as a party
1: member. Yeah, in part two. boy, <laughs> we could definitely talk about that a bit. Yeah, for sure. I'm
2: curious, how do you how can you um, imagine it? Being minimal, since whenever I I think about the implications of this ending, I just think like major, like this is such well, an important incident. I with mean, the timeline. D-
1: d- I mean, my my cyn- my most cynical answer there, Natalie, is that like all of the possible. Zach Fair related stuff is now going to live in some sort of spin off series that, yeah. like, mm-hmm. they're gonna say, like, Here's an alternate timeline. Here's an alternate timeline where Zach is mm-hmm. alive, and that's whatever Crisis is, and that's what the first soldier is, and like, blah, 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 blah. That's there, my and- most cynical answer, but. Th- there
0: it, it, I do want to say that there's some evidence to support that too which is right. that the there's like that bag of chips has a different logo on it at the end of that thing which is mm-hmm. like very um point, pointedly put in front of the camera also um they themselves said after Final Fantasy VII remake part 1 came out uh don't expect anything to be that different which like yep. makes no sense <laughs> makes no sense <laughs> given, yeah. given of the way that game ends unless they just like open that game, open part two with like all the characters who survived part one die in the first five minutes or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: What are Ever Crisis and the First Soldier? They, just to they They're are trademarks.
1: They don't really that square mm-hmm. just they they trademark three things. They trademark the Shinra logo and Shinra of course refers to the the corporation that's destroying the planet. And uh
0: Can't you tell the
1: planet is dying? dying, It's dying, I think the
3: most shocking thing about that is that it wasn't already trademarked.
4: (laughs) Ah,
1: yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. They had it's
3: it's like this has been around for 25 years.
1: And and it it would explain, it would explain why I have like two like Etsy shirts essentially that have (laughs) that logo on it. And I'm like, (laughs) I guess they were just like braving it. And now I'm like, oh nope, I guess they did that without. Uh, with total impunity. So that's kind of interesting. Um, also, didn't
0: they have like a production studio called Shinra in like the early 2000s or something oh, too? I don't want to say that. they had something. They, like there, there was something along those lines that then got shut down. So it might be a situation where it was trademarked once and now and they're re-upping they're the trademark for yeah. further use.
1: Um and then Ever Crisis and the First Soldier are uh basically word marks, uh word-based word trademarks um that you know, see I mean, this is the same company that also trademarked Chrono Break and then nothing happened with it. So like mm-hmm. uh... like, you know, there there could be things that don't come of this, but it also could be an indication that these two things are related to Final Fantasy 7. It would stand to reason that at least one of them might be the subtitle for the next game because I don't believe mm-hmm. the next game is going to be called Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2. I just don't think that's, that's oh, what they're going to do. Oh, sure. Um, Final Fantasy 7 remake, remake colon right. First Soldier it, it, or whatever. It could be Final Fantasy 7 Ever Crisis, Final Fantasy 7 The First Soldier. Like I, right. I don't think they'll have remake necessarily in the um. Uh, yeah, Jordo is not wrong. Joroz just said they absolutely would do that, which is true. They did. They did name. Uh, what? What is it? Lightning Returns: Final Fantasy Thirteen. C- Thirteen. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's not out of the realm, but these are definitely ways to differentiate. Whatever comes next from uh, older Final Fantasy Seven properties. So, yeah. That's,
3: so when I saw them, I kind of assumed they were going to be the taglines for the next two because I sure. I always thought it was going to be a trilogy. I assumed that it would be they would do some like Kingdom Hearts type shit and it would be like remake like remind like it would have like the re thing <laughs> sure. like
2: throughout it. God, I um, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you just move the colon more every time. Like exactly. it's just Re colon make and then the next one is. <laughs> Remake colon
1: or something. <laughs> Re colon make.
2: Re colon yeah. make.
0: Re-colon
1: <laughs> make. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> but okay. I like seeing
3: them though. I was like, okay, the first soldier makes sense because that's referencing Sephiroth, and like the right. next one's probably gonna go into like all of Sephiroth's backstory and like like Hojo and all experimentation there. And then Ever Crisis right. to me sounded like, oh, that's gonna be like some multiverse shit. Yeah. Like, that's going to be like, no matter what, there's always a crisis on any timeline and they're going to be doing some weird shit at the end. And so, like, that was my thought when I saw those.
2: That's a mood, though. That makes sense. But, yeah, people are connecting Ever Crisis to the other parts of Final Fantasy VII's compilation just because, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have sort of people are pointing to the, like, Uh, the um, initials of these things. So like Advent Children is AC, Before Crisis, Final Fantasy VII, which I believe is a mobile game. Right, that was released only in Japan.
0: Oh, before Crisis, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, that's BC Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, as we know, released on the PSP, which is the story focusing on Zack Fair. That's CC, and then wait, Dirge a- of Cerberus. Dirge of Cerberus. I was like, I was like, do we have a D one? And then it's of course it's Dirge of Cerberus. That's why I forgot it. Who um, could
0: ever forget *Dirge of Cerberus*, <laughs> starring everybody's good buddy Vincent Valentine in a stunning third-person shooter adventure?
3: As the subject of my second ever fan fiction, can never forget him.
0: Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> He's great. Oh, that's
0: <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. He is great.
0: I got no yours, beef with Vincent Valentine. Prices. I got beef with Durga Cerberus Same. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I basically the reason I got through that game is because he's so pretty to look at. So I'm
1: very pretty. Mm-hmm. To look he's at, so pretty. True.
3: So I'm
0: to tell you is, about um, Gen- Genesis Rhapsodos. He's based on Gact, right? So he looks yeah. great. He's super cool. Everybody loves him. <laughs>
2: This is Ever Crisis. And then I wonder what the next one is going to be. Maybe Final Crisis? Final Crisis. It's got to be. Final that would be crisis.
0: difficult because there's already an incredibly um, big DC Comics thing called mm. Final Crisis, uh,
4: um, maybe, which is like
0: yeah. in in the um, DC Comics lore. Crisis is also like a really big term. Like they have a the, all the series that they have are like Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. um, Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, so on and so forth. So that'd be dr- that would be tricky for them to do. I feel Feral like, from Crisis. An, what's that?
2: feral crisis cloud just feral goes feral, feral. absolutely oh, okay. feral.
0: so what you're doing now is kind of like setting up the uh plot line for your first fanfic on.
4: <laughs> yeah
0: um
4: I
3: it's a, it's a thi- lot of crises these people need to calm down
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah what is final
2: I, fantasy of not having a crisis what is
1: what if the last well, my my dog my dog absolutely <laughs> He's having all these ideas. No, wait, yeah. She's um, having of What if what if the last game is just like they go to Costa del Sol and chill out? Like they don't even have mm. like a conflict. It's just like I don't know, it's just everyone uh, I, tanning on the beach. I think that'd be great.
3: I love that and I want them to have prices. the exact same vibe as just playing a bunch of yakuza mini games.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my god. That'd be yeah. great. Oh my god, if the Costa del Sol section of Final Fantasy seven remake is just like they build like their own fantasy Camarocho.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and like you can
0: just explore it. Oh my God.
1: And, and like, oh my gosh. And then like the Shinra mansion, which you could buy in the original for basically no reason, which I did every single time I played through that game. <laughs> um, Cause I always had too much gill. Um, like what if, you know, what if it's like, oh yeah, we turned that into a hotel that we now run. You know, Mm,
0: a real estate mini game. Right.
1: And so they turn it into the honeybee in two. uh, Financial crisis. And then they get they have to recruit a bunch of the new honeybees and all that. stuff. I think that would be really good. Anyway,
2: there's more financial crisis. What was that? Sorry. Like a financial crisis. Financial (laughs) crisis. (laughs) All
1: right.
0: We're getting somewhere. I think we're getting to the heart of this now. Yeah. Uh, more <laughs> games should steal. The yuck is a format, is all I'll say.
1: I invested, I invested too much in Mithril. Oh, no. oh <laughs> no. That's gone under. <laughs> My stocks. My
3: stocks. Bad um, news for uh, anybody who has put money in Shinra. <laughs> it's,
0: oh, it's yeah. Bad news. Uh, bad I will news. say. I would love to see part two, whatever it ends up being called or whatever, um, being a lot more open ended because that is kind of the thing with Final Fantasy seven remake, right? Is it takes place during the entire like super linear section of that game and then yes. immediately you're dumped onto an overworld, right? Um, But we don't get that. So I would love to see part two be more kind of an open-ended thing with like more opportunities to hang out with my party members without necessarily having them like scripted and taken away from me. I think most of my problems with Final Fantasy VII now looking back remake that is is how often the game is just taking away the party members from me and like forcing me to use specific Mm. lineups and then also forcing me to completely redo all my materia because it's like ah fuck Barrett isn't Mm. on my team anymore and he had all my good materia so I have to like reset everybody else to be like the person who's my healer or my tank or whatever um I would love to yeah. see more stuff like that, more more chances to engage with that combat, because I love that combat when I get to actually play with it the way I want to. But I'm kind of curious what mm. other people would love to see in terms of, like, gameplay changes to to Final Fantasy VII going forward, or what issues or, or things you loved about the, you know, part one.
3: I hope they keep the overworld the exact same, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
3: I just want poly, big, giant no cloud. textures. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I hope. Ma- that's my hope for the
1: Massive series. cloud. Just running around. I mean, I don't know. I'm into it. I'm fine with that.
3: (laughs) I I think for me, I'm just curious. You know, I really don't know how they're going to do it. Like, I think of what the overworld looks like in the original. And I'm like, I I don't know what that's going to translate to. Right. Um, Because, obviously, if you scale it properly, (laughs) it it looks quite a bit different. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, honestly, it's more linear. Um, And I don't know if I'm like into that or not, but I think that that's probably what's going to happen.
4: Mm, mm-hmm. Like,
3: I think there's going to be more story beats like as you travel
0: mm-hmm. because
3: they have to kind of make time pass somehow.
0: Right. And and but, we saw in uh, part one, I, which I guess is just what we're calling it for now. Yeah. Um, we saw in part one that basically... They have no qualms about just completely adding stuff that did not exist at all in the Mm -hmm. original. We have that whole new character on the motorcycle. There's all the stuff with Jessie and her family, which is great. A lot of the, like, side content. Most of the side quests in that game with, like, that newspaper lady and all that stuff. Like, that's all basically brand new. And uh, I could definitely, definitely see them doing exactly the same thing uh, in Final Fantasy 7, 2, Part 2, whatever.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I think Wu Tai is going to be a much bigger thing too going forward. Um, I think they're going to go a lot more into the conflict there. They
1: yeah, they they, they really Yufi planted those San. seeds like heavily um, mm-hmm. with the with the Shinra leaders and you know blaming Wu Tai for a lot of the the violence that was happening. That was not really a factor in the original game. Like that was not really the Wu Tai stuff was like optional as a. Um, in, in many ways as like an actual set piece, like there are a lot of things that you didn't have to do in Wu Tai. So it was kind of an afterthought, Mm -hmm. even though that conflict was alluded to. So yeah, because they planted those seeds so clearly in remake, I definitely agree that I think that's going to be a bigger part for sure.
3: Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking and hoping that a lot of the things that were more optional, and this is why I think that it's going to be more structured for better, or for worse, um, aren't going to be anymore. I don't think that Vincent and Yuffie are going to be optional.
4: No. Um, right. I don't
3: think that Vincent's backstory is going to be optional, which is great because, and I'm, I'm sorry, I just love him, but his backstory, I think, is one of the most interesting parts of the series. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it should be something that was kind of like swept under the rug like it was in the first one.
2: It's well that it was all optional to begin with. I know that yeah. I didn't find that out until years later just because I when it comes to Final Fantasy VII as one of the people who was introduced to it by Advent Children and then every other subsequent like compilation part explicitly acknowledges Vincent and to some degree his role in the story. So for him and Yuffie I to have been. he got his own game, been,
4: right?
2: Yeah, for him and Yuffie to have been optional to begin with is so wild to think about. So Not wild. to mention, like, this.
0: The, the, the Oh, no, lady. I was going to
2: say, like, this dude was.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I was going
3: to say, this This dude was almost Sephiroth's dad. Like, it's
0: yeah.
1: pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It's a super big deal, for sure.
0: Yeah, and and the ways in which you get those characters in that original game are are kind of credible too. Like Yuffie, mm-hmm. it's like you have to walk around this one specific forest over and over again until she appears as like a specific like just random NPC enemy, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And then you have to like fight her three times and like let that happen three times, and she steals from you. If John, yeah. you probably know that better. Yeah, no,
1: it's a it's a weird. It, there are places where basically the game kind of hands it to you if you want it but you can there 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 are parts where you have to like uh where you can get it early if you do a certain thing correctly and so it's a little it's just finicky like everything Mm. even the vincent stuff is like pretty finicky like you can get past a certain point where vincent i think is no longer recruitable as an optional thing so like Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you, you like, just have I, to happen
0: to walk into the right room and interact with like a part of the background that doesn't yeah, look mean, like anything. and that's Well, how you get well yeah, I mean, no. I
1: don't know. I mean, the coffin Getting... definitely stands out, but like the room that you get to in the coffin is, is like not that obvious. That's definitely true. Uh, Yeah, no,
3: I mean, like, to get Vincent, you have to find numbers throughout the mansion. You have to find the safe. You have to open the safe. You have to fight the fireball thing or whatever. Um, I think that's, oh, no, maybe it's something else. I don't remember what's in there. Um, And you have to do that in a certain time.
4: (laughs) Right. And then you get the key,
3: and then you can go to the basement, and then you can get him. And with Yuffie, you have to answer all of these questions in a certain order because, like, if you go to any screen that doesn't have her on it, she leaves so like you can't save yep. you can't type in her name like it's wild like you you have to if you don't know like what you're doing and you don't have a walkthrough which like yeah i definitely did as a kid um like you right. you're gonna miss that stuff the first time around
0: yeah 100
2: i uh, know this is a completely different topic but before we move on i'm really interested in hearing what your mom thought of the ending changes. Because <laughs> Jess has posted about like how her mom got really emotional oh when gosh. she saw Final Fantasy San Remake. Like, I want to hear more about that. And I want to know if she's finished it and what she thinks about it. I want to know about Jess's mom.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she has not finished it. Um, She's like on chapter 11. And I'm like, you just got like, what are you doing? You just like, you're almost there. You just got to keep going. It's not, so not too much longer. Um, but no, she like, it's so funny because obviously she hasn't finished it. So she's just like, I don't understand what they did. Like, why why are they adding all these black hooded guys? And I'm just like, you
0: know <laughs> why are the Dementors here?
3: <laughs> yeah, why are there Dementors? Um, but yeah, no, she, she really likes it so far. She gets emotional, like playing it because she's like, I can't believe they look so pretty. Like, I can't believe this is realized. And I'm like, I know this was me playing this too. Um, but yeah, I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to get on her about it. Tell her she needs to finish it for 99 potions.
0: Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Cause I really uh, want to know. What come on the
0: think. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's go.
2: Mom bite. Let's go. Yeah. Cause I really <laughs> want to know what she thinks about the ending. Cause it, it, it is so divisive, right? Like I think, I think everyone here is a fan of the ending. Like, am I oh, yeah. m- mistaken or like, the not mistaken? Ending, the ending is what saved the game for me, which sounds mm.
3: really weird. Um, I picked up the game. Like, I started I started playing at like 9 o'clock West Coast time. Um, and within like an hour and a half, I was crying <laughs> because <laughs> I was kind of upset with changes. Oh, yeah. sure. And um, which it was like, and I was I felt like such a baby because I was like, this game isn't for me, even if I don't like it, it's whatever. I'm happy so many people are playing it. Like I hope it does well, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was really upset and emotional and I couldn't bring myself to play it for a bit. And then finally I was like, you know what, if I'm not gonna play it, I'm gonna at least look up the ending. And I read the ending and I was so upset. <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> I'm like I can't believe they changed that much. And then like I thought on it for about five minutes and I was like, actually, that's kind of brilliant. Um, and it, it gave me the motivation to go back and play it. And then once I did with like that in mind, like, like keeping in mind that this is not truly like remaking or, or I guess replacing my favorite game. Um, Mm -hmm. but is something that like is parallel to it. Um, that completely changed the experience for me and I enjoyed it so much more.
0: It's like half spin-off, half sequel cuz it's, you know, you get into the yeah. weird sort of like time travel or characters being aware of alternate timelines and weird mm-hmm. ways like that which I I personally I love that shit. I love any kind of media that like reckons with stuff that people have a lot of nostalgia for yeah. by saying like by like incorporating the like <sighs> Sort of prison that nostalgia can box us into. We were mm-hmm. literally just mm-hmm. before this podcast talking about Rise of Skywalker,
2: In the last one, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is like literally like um, a, a movie where they're like, ah, actually, um, sorry, we try we tried new ideas in in that last movie, um, and people on the internet got mad at us. So, uh, what if actually we 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 just retcon all that and we just redo the same thing that we that we did the forty five years <laughs> ago? Thank you for your time. Uh, goodbye. Uh, this has been my <laughs> TED talk. And this game is very much, like, in that other vein of, like, trying new ideas Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And having the characters literally, like, fight against, like, anthropomorphic personifications of the restrictions that having to play to nostalgia puts you into. Like, these characters trying to fight that final boss fight against, like, Sephiroth and all of the different, like, wills. Uh, I forget what they're called Mm -hmm. exactly. But all those weird things. um, And, like, them having to push through... Into a new world, um, so that they are not like locked into the events of uh, Final Fantasy VII Original, um, which you know, that is that twist is only as good as how they pay off in in whatever comes next. I feel like, like if yeah. if that's just them being like, and now Aerith gets to live, and nothing else is different, we just took right. away the stakes. Like See, that's yeah. kind of a bummer.
3: I my thought here, this is a scene that I think is going to happen in in the next game and Mm -hmm. like and I think it's gonna be very powerful because of this like what they did I think that Aerith is completely aware of the two timelines um Mm -hmm. I feel like throughout the game you kind of yeah yeah I think she's completely aware and I think that she knows that regardless of any timeline she has to die in order for like things to play out the way they need to play out like there cannot be a world where her and Sephiroth both are alive you know what I mean Or like both exist at the same time past that point. So mm-hmm. I think that she and, and it actually changes the context of the first game, because when Cloud walks up to her in the first game, she like does that kind of smile and she seems really at peace and like she almost knows that that's coming. And so I think that that's going to play into the next game. And I think that she's still aware that it's going to happen. And maybe Cloud is aware, too, like maybe something changes to where he's aware that she thinks this and mm-hmm. she's still going to do it.
4: I know
2: that you know that I know that you know, <laughs>
1: I know <laughs> exactly.
2: Know. I mean, I that's do, my conspiracy think, theory. I think that scene's I, gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I, I do, I do agree with you completely, Jess, that like the next games I think have to play into the feeling that like everyone kind of knows that something's wrong, right? Like that something is mm-hmm. like off about whatever reality they're in. The, the one thing I would say, you know, CBD, we were just uh elaborating like very clearly about like how. Um, how different this game kind of wraps up and like the different timelines and all that stuff. And I agree with, with everyone here that like playing with that is the only real way that this game is successful. Every other way that they could have played Mm -hmm. this just as a nostalgia play, we would have played it. We would have gone like, Oh yeah, that was that game. And then like probably not have talked about it very much like this year. Um, And the fact that they played with all this stuff and changed so much uh, makes it it just makes it important. It actually gives it stakes. The one thing that I would say is that now, months later, I actually think that the game kind of looking at us and going, "Things are different now, and you've got to kill fate." Um, <laughs> I I don't like that as much. Uh, now that we're seven, to eight months out or whatever, where I'm kind of like. I would have liked it more if things had played out really differently. Everyone kind of realized that everyone kind of felt this like sense of dread that things weren't what they, what they should be, but have basically no inclination about why, like I would have loved that mystery, but I don't think, I don't think anyone would have, I I think a lot of people would have been like more upset about that, but still months later, the big wink at the camera that like, things are different now like is maybe a little too on the nose for me in hindsight but
3: that's exactly what i was like i completely agree with you i think that and like that was my biggest frustration even at the beginning of the game is i was like they're just like they're giving away far too much they're giving
1: away too much yep i agree yeah like
3: the fact that you follow sephiroth within the first like in the original game you do not see him until you're in calm and like you're you're like Recounting and you see the like what happened,
1: right? Like yeah. you, your first image of Sephiroth is as your teammate getting a, like uh, uh, going on a mission. You stay, like it's a cool scene. You're mm-hmm. in this truck. You, you've only heard about Sephiroth in these stories. You've only seen the blood trail Sephiroth leaves behind. You get out of the truck. Cloud gets murked immediately in some battle with a dragon. And you just watch as Sephiroth, like, mm-hmm. slices this dragon apart. And that's a really, really powerful first impression of Sephiroth. Exactly. And I think that, like the, that's really cool.
3: The trailer, like, when you stay the night in the in the shinra building and you wake up the next morning and your cells have been opened and all you hear that like eerie ass terrifying music, and all you see is blood like yeah. that is the coolest introduction to sephiroth ever and then you, the you still shit. don't see him until you're on a ship way later in the, like hours into the game like probably right. 10 12 hours into the game yeah um And it's so cool because like the whole time you're just like, this guy is like horrifying and I still haven't seen him. Like this is the main big bad of the series and I still haven't seen him. And so the fact that you see him within the first like hour and a half of the new one, I was like, this is kind of a bummer. Like it takes away all of that,
2: like that buildup. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And it sets him up as like this. I mean, it's hard to escape Final Fantasy VII and to not, That's true. like, know who Sephiroth is and what he represents. Mm. But I'm just thinking of this as, like, like this should stand on its own, technically. Like, each game should stand mm-hmm. on its own. And so I'm just imagining someone who, I, I mean, there are other problems, too. Like, if, what's his name? Cat, Kate Sith? one. Catchy. Just, catchy. catchy um, yeah. Just showing up while everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that fucking scene is still the greatest thing <laughs> in Final so Fantasy VII Remake. Here's, See, here's the most emotional ble- fucked up thing in the entire world and now here's a big <laughs> plushy fucking beanie baby crying <laughs> about it on top of a building that you've <laughs> yeah. never so, seen
2: never seen
1: before. It's so fucking yeah. funny.
2: <laughs> and he, remember, it, because, he just like, appeared for like one second. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Never. No, I remember, like, I
3: I saw that and I didn't think anything of it because obviously, like, that's normal to me because I've played it before.
2: But I remember seeing somebody tweet, like, what the fuck is this cat? Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I remember just watching that and being like, oh, hey, it's them. And then I see someone tweet who has never played Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy Simon and they're like, what the fuck is that? What was that? (laughs) And I'm like, you're right, though. Like, shit. (laughs) So I I mean mean, there are far more problems than just Sephiroth but like the way the game just I mean for me it was really overdone like it it removed any tension like I knew Sephiroth Mm -hmm. was going to show up eventually and I guess like I I guess you know using the second game to explore his background and explore his character and then retrospectively add nuance to it like I guess that's a cool thing but i mean at least for this game i just i I tried to imagine it as i was playing i just tried to imagine like how does this feel to someone who doesn't have a connection to this game like so many of Mm -hmm. us do and i just like came away thinking like they they did suffer off dirty personally um because it just it takes away from any mystery and any impact that he has. I don't, know,
0: like- I don't know. If if I've never heard of Sephiroth before in this game, I don't think there's the issue is that there's no mystery to Sephiroth. The, the conversation I've had with people who played this game and had never played Final Fantasy 7 before and see Sephiroth in that game and don't know who he is other than they've seen pictures of him is still mm-hmm. who the fuck is this guy? It's not <laughs> like, well, I now I understand everything about this character Sephiroth right. and there's no mystery to him. It's just that the mystery is presented in a very different way, which yeah, is like, exactly. well, Clearly, this guy is important to this world, but I have no fucking context for what the fuck he's doing here. Also, there's a weird clone of him at some point that turns into a big monster (laughs) at the end of the game, if you all remember that, um, that I don't think Mm -hmm. is ever explained, um, (laughs) at least in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, And there are other weird things here that even uh, we, as people who know the Final Fantasy VII storyline, still don't quite understand, because we haven't mentioned the part where Aerith talks to uh marlene and then they like do that twin peaksy like sh- 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 like they they like <laughs> static out her words at that point well uh, at that part if you remember oh, that wow
1: yeah i forgot about that actually i forgot
2: about that too but
1: you're you're right that that is very strange yes yeah that's and that's
0: never bizarre. picked up again like right. throughout that whole game
1: yeah there's
2: a I couple of think- things that they do that they just don't pick up at all, and it's clear like, oh, okay, I guess we'll revisit this in the next. I game. mean, I think to
1: to Jess's point, I think most of that stuff, any any parts of, Aerith's whole deal that seems confused or confusing, probably probably lends itself to the idea that she knows exactly what's going on. Totally, you know? uh-huh. so, yeah. mm-hmm. I, um, I think that keeps that.
2: you like, despite all the changes, and despite like the very clear. Teases that could be sort of frustrating, like to have that happen repeatedly. Like, like here's this thing, but and it's clear that they're gonna go back to it until later. But like knowing that there's a character that feels like she knows what's going to happen, kind of I don't know, it makes it stronger for me. Like it, it keeps me a little more hooked because yeah. there's I mean, something that she same. knows. And, yeah.
1: The most, the most bomb thing I think they could do that they would never ever do is just like. Yeah, they set up this this world where it feels like Aerith knows that she can't survive this thing. And then bam, bam, bam. It's actually Cloud that fucking eats it. Cloud that it dies next, and then Aerith becomes in, in, the main character. Right. Mm. Like, it, I mean, Cloud fucking eats it in the next episode. Everyone's like, that would be the only thing I I would consider to be at the level of a gut punch that the original was. Yeah. In the, in the sense of like, that would be so that out of left field. That would be wild. Would y'all want
2: Aerith to live?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I died, like, yeah. This is Aerith's to me, to me, this is it's Aerith's story. story. And I wrote it, I yeah. wrote that in my my write-up about yes. my goatee list. I was like, they so handed Aerith this story in the remake that like they're they're setting up one of two things. One is that they're making her such a central focus that when she does inevitably die again, it still kind of feels like this tremendous loss. Or they're setting her up to take it over in some meaningful way. And I think they, I could really see it going either way. I think it's unlikely mm-hmm. that it's that second path. I think it, that they're really just doing a good job of creating a character that feels so real and interesting and beloved that has this history, but is also uh, so much more of a character. I feel like now than she was in 1997. Um mm-hmm. And making that more of a gut punch than than you know than we maybe remember, or it's that it's that crazy second option, which like I I would love I would absolutely love that, but that, I don't that's know if the, they'll take a risk.
0: That's one hundred percent like the move. Right. And then you remember that this game is directed by Tetsuya Nomura. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does not like having women in central roles in his true. video games or Super true. much agency at all if he can right. avoid it.
1: That's very true. So.
2: Damn, just imagine a world where I you can like actually it. get that.
1: Because
2: <laughs> I'm that just thinking there's no way that like a mega game development company would do that move. And it's so, oh. like between the two mm. choices. But I want it so badly now. Yeah. Because I wasn't thinking of Cloud dying. I was thinking of, I don't know, like just someone else replacing Aerith, but not necessarily Cloud. Sorry, on. Right.
0: I was going to say, Jess, you were saying something too.
2: Oh, no, I was I was just going to say, like, I
3: to me, like, that's the best part of remake is like the characterization and like how developed Mm -hmm. the characters are, because Aerith is like so much more than she was at the beginning. And there were so many scenes that happened that didn't happen in the original. And I was like, I needed that. Like, it was cathartic to watch like Tifa and Cloud having the interaction outside Aerith's house, which is like optional depending upon whose relationship you've built up. But like. That scene where they're finally like talking about like, we've had everything taken away from us. We are each other's family. Like we are all we have, you know, and that scene is incredible. I think the scene with Tifa and Barrett, once the collapse happens um, and you see them comforting each other needed to happen because in yeah. the original game, like these two people have been like working side by side for years, but you don't really see them be super affectionate towards one another. And right. so like to see that, I was like, okay, I, I needed that.
0: I actually I feel like a lot of the conversation around Barrett at the time was kind of drowned out by and rightfully so in a lot of ways was drowned out by like are they going to fix that bad localization that kind of mm-hmm. gross racial stereotype and, that they did with him and the answer, and was, they, no.
1: The, mm-hmm. the answer was no the answer is no
2: yeah uh,
0: but sure. but at the same time like besides his characterization um, in terms of like how he talks and stuff like that I actually think a lot of the writing that they added for him in remake is really really good I yeah. love I that too. early thing yeah mm-hmm where they destroy the first reactor and there's a bunch of civilian casualties and Barrett's response isn't like wow I can't believe like oh no we we really fucked up we gotta reconsider what we're doing here he's like no we knew that there were going to be casualties now they're not actually at fault they don't know that at the time that they're not actually at fault for the uh, size of the explosion Mm -hmm. but he isn't immediately like well now we gotta walk back all of what we're doing here he's like no this is sometimes bad shit happens in the pursuit of doing the better thing sometimes you have to fucking um punch harder to when you are smaller and one of the other lines that i really really love with him it comes at the end of the game too is um when you're talking to the shinra president um and barrett is like holding him off the side of the building because uh he has you know he's about to fall and he needs help or whatever and like the shinra president is like trying to um you know find common ground with Barrett to kind of, like, say, hey, we're not so different and everything like that. And, like, Barrett, just like, says something along the lines of, like, talk to me again like you know me. Like, he mm-hmm. has no fucking time for this yeah. guy or Shinra or any of these people. That
1: was a great scene. I really forgot about that scene. It was. That's, like, a really good, like, sm- it was short, it was small, it was, like, uh, you know, not really that vital to the plot of the game, but it was such a good moment yeah. to, like, get... To get that anger out about mm-hmm. this, because like that was something that in the original game, you they kind of, you know, it's like once you get captured in the Shinra Tower, and then like all the stuff happens to Sephiroth and and things go down, like the the stuff about the planet and the in Shinra and a bunch of the the agony that they've faced kind of washes away and it and it's mm-hmm. replaced with just the mystery. And I did feel right. like they did a good job balancing still caring about this stuff even until the very end of the game where a lot of that stuff is kind of breaking down around them. Um, exactly. That's a really good scene. That's a really yeah. uh, a good Barrett to point. me
3: has the best scenes throughout like this game. I, in yeah. my opinion, I because like he has the comment too when he's like going through the Shinra building. I think Tifa's like it's crazy to think that all these people are just like working normal jobs and they're all normal yeah. people. And Barrett's like, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like if you work for a bad company, if you work for a bad man, you have to accept the fact that you're doing that. You're doing that bidding. Like you also yeah. are doing bad things. Yeah. Um, he also has the interaction with Cloud after the collapse where like he's like, just tell me mark. Arlene's okay. Like you know, mm-hmm. I swear I won't hate yeah. you. Just kidding. I probably will, but like, I just need you to tell me this. And like, he has so many yeah, just right. like real powerful moments. Like I, I like fell completely in love even more so with Barrett in that game because the game cares doesn't. About mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game doesn't like it. It sees it sees there that there is a source to his anger and to his um, his rage. Like it's not like played up or sort of reduced either. It's just Mm -hmm. like the game sees a humanity in him and sees a humanity as well in people like Jesse, whose families Mm -hmm. like are better off than some others. And I mean, just the remake is just so filled with those moments that you mentioned, right? Like those moments that aren't integral to the plot, but that goes so far in taking these characters that are already beloved by millions of people for the last several decades and it it just blows them out of the water like when I think of Final Fantasy San Remake I think of Cloud and Aerith after the church and then walking along those Mm -hmm. platforms and just talking and just getting an idea of Aerith's worldview I just think about that moment like to me, those moments are the really special ones. Yeah. I cried like twice during that
3: for like no reason other than I was just so emotional to see that like the conversation and these interactions happen. Yeah. It was so good. Like there, there was oh, go ahead. Oh no, I say like it, it never feels like fan service. It feels like they made these people real humans. And it's so yeah. beautiful and so well done.
1: Yeah. They, there, there they do a even... it... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please, please, please.
0: Mine was very short. I was just going to say that they do an amazing job of establishing that Midgar is a city that with people and the people are people. And then also Barrett is there to remind you. Yeah. And, you know, lit part of living in this socially stratified structure is that literally stratified because of the plate situation. Part of that is that there are also bad people here and being a bad person isn't just like a cartoon mustache twirling villain. And we see that through, um, uh, Jesse's family who Jesse also gets just incredible, uh, screen time in this game is like mm-hmm. way more fleshed out as a character than she ever was in the original. We see like the repercussions of her family working for, like you know, benefiting from this company that absolutely did not care about them the second that her father gets sick, you know, from from mm-hmm. makeup poisoning.
1: Yeah. Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I was just gonna say like uh, one of the things that you know I I think it's lost in um in discussions of this game is is like they they converted a uh. 23 year old game at that point to this, this kind of new uh, incredible technology, blah, blah, blah. blah. You always kind of wonder how these old scenes are going to play out. I thought the, the walking across the rooftops and uh, the post church scene was so unbelievably well done um, with the technical improvements, with the sense of scale that you get from this city. Like the, the actual, like the shots that they chose to like show um, the the wreckage and the weird uh, like kind of kind of impossible architecture of the city as Cloud and Aerith are like discussing all parts of their upbringing and all that stuff like mm-hmm. the technical aspect and the way it's shot actually really lent itself uh, well to how effective that scene was which like I don't know I had a lot of like concerns about how they would translate um, they would translate, you know, uh, a lot of these like iconic scenes into to you know new tech. So, anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, I just can't yeah. stop
2: thinking about how this is Earth's story for me. Like, I agree yeah. entirely with John. And whenever I think about Final Fantasy VII remake now, I think about that. Like, I just think about how this really is shaping up to be. Her story and it makes me so emotional because I really love Aerith. I, I think Aerith and Tifa are wonderful characters, and so many of these characters are wonderful in general. But I have a particular attachment to Aerith, um, though I know that Jess has like a really strong attachment to Tifa. For me, remake has handled Tifa very
3: well, and and very much like they kept like the character she was and just added more. <sighs> I don't know. I, I feel like when I first played Final Fantasy Seven, like, Tifa has this nurturing personality, but she's also incredibly tough. And that's, like, what drew me to her. So it's like, okay, here's a, a strong female character, as much as, like, that word is, or that <laughs> phrase is way <laughs> overused, um, who, like, also has, like, these caring tendencies. She's also kind of, like, the mom friend. Um, she's concerned. She's loving. Um, and so it was so cool to see, like, these, like, a dimensional female character um, who at certain points of the game is in charge um mm-hmm. and i feel like they kept all of that but made it to where i wasn't projecting as much to get that character because that's mm-hmm. the thing with the original final fantasy is it's like they have these characters they have like these loose personalities um like you can tell that aerith is kind of like humorous in the first one but they add so much more to her in remake yeah. where you're like okay she's mm-hmm. hilarious like i love yeah, her she's, she's really adorable so yeah. funny um, and they do that with Tifa, too. Like, you you see, like, the type of person she is. And then in Remake, they realize that. Um, and they give her just so many, like, touching moments with all of the different characters. Like, being, like, that big sister kind of, like, character to Aerith. Um, and And being, like, the... The, the caretaker of um, Seventh Heaven and kind of like somebody who looks after Barrett in a way, um, somebody who looks after Marlene in a very literal way. Um, and she also, I mean, the second that Cloud comes back, she's like, oh, by the way, I got you an apartment. Like, come with me and, and do this stuff with me tomorrow. Like, I'll help you out. Like, we'll we'll take care of everything. Like, I've got you. Um, and they lean into that with her. And I, I absolutely adore her. She is. She's. She really is like the big sister character. And I love that for her and for everybody who
4: plays.
1: <laughs> and yeah. she she also, by the way, rips the fuck through everyone with her fighting style. Oh like, my god, she's so like, good. Chris is the like,
2: most fun to it's play. In this game. Yeah, it's wild. Like it sure I,
1: I I really played heavily as Cloud and then Barrett. Like you know when I needed to do distance stuff for a while, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, I guess I should play as Tifa. And then I was just like, Oh, I'm a Tifa main. Like now I'm like I'm just a <laughs> Tifa of so main good. at this point. So yeah, it was really good.
0: That is actually one of the reasons that I really hope that the um, sequel parts are more open-ended is because I want more non-scripted combat encounters to play with that combat style i know they Mm, they eventually add that like thing where you can go to the arena and do stuff like Mm. uh, there's the vr training and stuff like that but i want like i never engage with that kind of like outside the narrative stuff i want like side Mm. quests you know i want i want things that i can do you know so it
3: makes me so it's like the combat in that game is so much fun and it's not something that you can just like hack and slash your way through you have to be intentional oh god Um, yeah yeah and like that's so cool um because i remember i mean in the old games like you can just hit x throughout the entire battle and like i mean in boss battles like sure you have to pull out the materia and stuff um but for the most part you can just attack your way through stuff um and so it was exciting to to play with that um and then it makes me so excited to see like what the future characters are going to fight like because every character has such a unique fighting style and even like Okay, so I'm, abs- like, aside from Vincent and Tifa, my other favorite characters are the Turks. Like, I love the Turks. Oh, yeah. I think they're so Ooh. fun. They're so cool. Um, Reno in this game was, like, fucking feral, and I loved him. Oh, my God, yes. Because <laughs> they turn Reno and Rude into, like, comic relief and Advent Children. And so, like, that's kind of what I was expecting. And then you get into it, and it's, like, Reno's calling people bitch and stuff. And I'm, like, okay, go off. <laughs> um, but, no, I, like the combat styles for the Turks are so different too. You have like rude is like more of a brawler and you have Reno who, who does like his, his dashy type. He's, he's more like cat-like um, and Rufus with like his shotgun, which I feel Vincent Valentine's going to play kind of a lot like Rufus, um, but with oh,
0: more of like a dodge yeah. roll That's type thing. Yeah.
1: Good, good call.
0: A lot of Um, fighting games will do that sometimes where they'll take like a boss character and they'll move the move sets off of that character mm -hmm. into like a future DLC character with like um, Baraka had like a move set from the story stuff in Mortal Kombat X. And then like later on, they would, you know, take a lot of that stuff and move it in later. I could absolutely see them recycling a lot of those kind of um, combat styles in future games. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, like the second that I was fighting Rufus, I was like, mm, he feels like how Vincent's going to feel. Like I yeah. think that Vincent's gonna be a little bit faster and have like that shadow cloaky dodge roll stuff. But I was like with the like the movement with the gun and stuff like that, I'm like, mm, this is pretty similar.
1: I bet um, Yuffie, I bet Yuffie will throw her stuff and then sometimes if you don't get like a timing thing, right? It won't come back to you, so you have to go mm. get it. Like I bet there's like That's I bet there's cool. like stuff like that. Like I, not a, I hadn't thought about this at all, but I'm I'm getting into it. I'm like, yeah, like they, these could be really interesting. Um, even yeah. Sid, like you know, maybe they get the that. I mean, Sid obviously is a character that is gonna need some retooling, I think, <laughs> in terms of like making him ready for twenty twenty one life, uh IMO. But um like I'm interested to see what they would do with uh like a dragoon like a gr- oh my gosh, Dragoon, dragoon <laughs> character uh in this fighting style. Like I think that would be That'd be really interesting.
0: And then Cat is a first person mech warrior style mech combat game where you have <laughs> LRMs and pulse lasers and have to worry about heat it's, management. So if you stand you in a to, puddle, you vent heat faster. <laughs> you have
1: to get the fucking I, steel battalion controller to play as Cat <laughs> K-
3: I want him to control just like D.Va in Overwatch.
1: Oh, wow. oh my God.
3: You, you just throw so uh, the, the Moogle in there and blow it up.
0: Yeah, oh, that'd, that'd be, be really, good. really good, good, actually. That'd be so, so good. So good. <laughs> Fucking activates the jet boosters and then just bon- bounces into a person. Oh, my God. <laughs> that'd be really Shields good. up.
3: I was totally <sighs> kidding about that, but now it's all I want.
1: No, no, that's well, yeah. Canon. I mean, it's like, I, I think separating, I, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like separating the character from the suit Like, is, might be mm-hmm. part of it. Like, I don't know, it might be, I don't know. There are a lot of different ways that they can make each uh each character have a really unique feel. Um because I mean yeah. it definitely They're feels sure they can do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, totally. Bar- playing with Barrett definitely feels different within than mm-hmm. playing with Cloud. Playing with Tifa feels super different than playing with with the other characters. So and Barrett um,
0: can feel different depending on what
1: weapon he has equipped yeah,
0: too. Like yes. vastly different. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was actually surprised that they, you know, because that's in the original where you could get like the wrecking ball or the atomic scissors or whatever. Um and then you know he just plays like a melee character, and it's like very simple, but uh, in this game, I was honestly surprised they they did all of that, so there are a lot of different ways to play with Barrett um in real time, so yeah, good game that's
3: like been one it, of the best things about remake, too is like there are so many moments where you're like, oh, they kept that, you know, and it's and it's like right. really cool. It's like I didn't know how they were gonna incorporate that, but they did, and yeah. it makes me trust them, honestly, they yeah. commit.
0: To all of their ideas and all their systems in this game. I don't know that they 100% execute perfectly all the time. Like, I Mm -hmm. I think the fact that you have to swap out materia before every battle and can't do it mid battle. So, especially in the boss fights, um, the the one that sticks Mm -hmm. out to me is that what is the name of it? It's that. The Doom Train? No, it's the Grimry. It's in the train yard section. It's the big, like, chariot guy.
3: Yeah, yeah
0: where that fight is incredibly dependent on your loadout and you have no way of knowing what loadout you need before you get into that fight and there's no way to change it, so depending on what you just happen to have randomly equipped going into that fight or not that fight is either like a 10 minute like super good flow uh, kind of encounter or it's just a complete fucking slog where it's just like well now he's up in the air again and I have to fucking wait for him to come down because I literally can't do anything mm-hmm. good he runs away he's weak to the, uh, the the magic type that takes five seconds to trigger and he's always spinning around so there's never a chance to hit him with it so I guess I'm just waiting for him to touch down and burning through healing stuff constantly uh that fight in particular just really really i think sets up a lot of the kind of user interface issues with that game or quality of life issues mm-hmm. with final fantasy 7 remake that i really 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 think that they could do a lot of good stuff with in a future sequel uh, I mean, yeah
2: no i i completely agree
4: um,
0: i was
2: thinking about the most frustrating fight in that game, and I always think about that one. Yeah. The second one that I think about is um, the house, Hell House, Hell House. But I think it's kind of it. it has a charm. Totally, that...
1: I love that they made the Hell House fight hard. Like yeah. I love that.
3: I don't know if I was the only person who struggled like so much with this fight, but the only I struggled fight that, like, so much with it. No, with with me there is there's one at the very end when you're leaving the Shinra headquarters. Like there's like all those pillars, and then there's the thing like the mech type thing in the middle. Do you know what I'm talking about? You have Red Thirteen with you. Oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yes, yeah, you have yes. to like
3: hide behind the pillars when it like shoots the main. Oh, like, I was terrible thing. at that
1: fight. That fight took forever. Yeah, like I yeah. I took
3: 30 minutes I think, if not longer, doing that fight. It was horrible. Like was I was really could long not do damage. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a long one for me
0: too. There just needs to be, there needs to be, like, more freedom in how you can build your characters mid-fight and change out materia, or <clears throat> there needs to be some kind of, I don't know how you would do it, because, like, it's not like those fights, if you if you just, like, gave everybody a warning before every boss fight and said, like, hey, this enemy is weak to wind, you know, like, that would yeah. completely take you out of it. I don't think mm-hmm. that would work either, but maybe... Maybe if it, like, cost you an action to switch out your materia or something like that. So there was, like, a cost to changing things out mid-battle. There's got to be a good middle ground there, though. Because, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those fights are so dependent on what your loadout is. And if you don't have the right loadout, it's either this fight will take 20 <laughs> minutes or just die really quick and then Yeah,
1: I was about back. to say, just reload your save. Like, right. you know, there were a couple things there- where I was like, oh, you're immune to fire. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to reset my machine then, you yep. know. Totally. And it's, it would it's be tough. one
3: thing, too, if it was like consistent with all of the other encounters in the area. But sometimes the yeah. boss will have a weakness completely different than all of the things that you have been fighting. And it's like, OK, well, I've had my entire party equipped to take on this type of enemy. And mm-hmm. now, right. like right before this thing, it's it's just because it turns into trial and error. And that's not necessarily fun.
4: Right.
0: And the game is so linear most of the time that it's not really structured in the way, like in Dark Souls the game mm-hmm. is designed to like teach you how to encounter this fight over and over again on a run. But this game is so linear and so story focused that like, that just feels like it's interrupting the flow. So if there was maybe right. a way that they could like, I don't know. I, I don't know that the game necessarily needs to have bonfires <laughs> and like bonfire <laughs> runs or anything like that, but something.
1: I don't, I, I really don't think that mechanic is like, I, I I think it is a good mechanic that more games should incorporate. Even if, even if it will, Invite inevitable and wrong comparisons to Dark Souls. Like yeah. I think that I think that checkpointing is probably good for a game like this. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we have exhausted most of what we have to say about
0: Final Fantasy VII's past. Um, we can probably wrap up here pretty soon, unless anybody has anything like super specific that they didn't get a chance to talk about here throughout the show. I know we had kind of briefly mentioned the future. Um spin-off possibilities and stuff. But I think, um, <laughs> Jordan says, please give me five minutes on dresses.
1: Okay. Okay. So, okay. We'll do five <laughs> minutes on dresses and then we'll wrap. Um, <laughs> bring back I, dress spheres. I, okay. Yes. That's a
3: oh my gosh, great yes.
1: idea. That would definitely connect the two worlds of seven and 10 even more closely if they did that, because I know that, you know, they probably are connected IRL. Um, so dress fears. We're explain go. that? Uh, yeah, the dress so Final Fantasy 10 uh, uh, <laughs> uh explain which part that they're connected or dress fears.
2: Connected. <laughs>
1: uh so oh, yeah. the idea is that oh my gosh. Okay. I've heard of this. I know what so you're talking the, about. So the the idea is uh the world of Final Fantasy 10 actually takes place many many eons before the events of Final Fantasy 7. Uh there's a character in it named Shinra. And there are some just kind of allusions to Shinra wanting to actually use certain energy sources in order to power a lot of technology. Uh, it's a loose connection, but there are some connections in the uh, kind of expanded universe stuff. It's probably nothing, but uh, that's just a, one of those fun things.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's... am going to have to look this up. What's that? I'm going to have to look it up now, because... Oh.
1: Oh, I have did not, you not know heard of this before. Oh, There's research, yeah. it's, it's
2: pretty pretty wild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 loose. It's pretty loose. I would say it's like less Ridiculous than the Squall is Dead stuff? I was going to literally but, bring up like, Squall like, is
2: Dead. I was like, on what, like, how do we compare the I two? I think it's less
1: ridiculous than Squall is Dead. Because
0: Squall is Dead actually, like, matters to the core plot of what right. happens in that thing. Whereas if Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy X take place in the same universe, but are so eons apart. apart like that nobody knows anything about it like it doesn't matter like it, it right. makes it literally makes no difference to either story if it takes place in the same landmass if one takes place in like the bronze age and one takes place in future times so it,
1: anyway i think cloud could have had better dresses don't you think the blue one is very
0: good the um, blue one's good they make it I, too unclear how you get the different dresses it should be easier i agree to i get agree. That. i agree mm-hmm. with that I, I
2: got the worst dress, dress for Aerith. And- oh, really? I did too. Yeah. I was very I was sad so, about it.
3: I didn't uh-huh. realize that it was tied to doing all the side quests. And by that point like I had done all of them in all of the areas up until that point. And then finally I was like these are kind of boring. I'm just going to blow through it.
2: And then I got the worst dress and I was so sad.
0: Yeah. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: No, Cloud reacts to it so awkwardly and I'm like it's no so way!" I was waiting for my moment from the trailer when she steps out in a Beautiful, elegant red dress. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the moment, but I don't know how I fucked it up. But I, I just did. wish
1: I just wish Sixpence None the Richer started playing. <laughs> and, and then the cloud comes comes out, and kiss me. It was like the the best. I that do. Would have been
4: great.
0: My favorite exchange in all of Final Fantasy VII Remake, though, is when um, Tifa sees Cloud in a dress and she's like, damn, you look pretty good. He's like, yeah, I know. I know I look great. I nailed it. Uh, We got to go, though. Yeah, I nailed it.
2: Let's go. He doesn't
0: deny it at all. He's just like totally into it. I love that.
2: This game is just fucking funny. I just think it's a really funny game and I think it's a really charming game. Mm -hmm. And I think it is hard enough to pull that off in a triple a game, like a big budget game, I think it's even harder to pull it off when you have several decades worth of nostalgia writing on a game's back. Right. And that's just like it can't be. And I say it's every time that we talk about remake, but like it, it can't be understated, like the importance of this as a remake and how it will define, quote unquote, remakes and remasters going forward.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I'm very curious to see what that uh, Mass Effect trilogy remaster thing looks like in a couple months (laughs) coming off of the Final Fantasy uh, remake here. March of the
2: leaks are to be believed. (laughs)
0: Uh, But that will probably be its own episode of 99 potions once that sucker comes on out. But for now, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks, everybody. Thank yeah.
2: you, Jess. Uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, Jess. Please,
1: please come back. Please come back when the next one comes out. That would be. Oh, like, absolutely. Be a
3: blast. I I actually just made the joke with my friend the other day, um, and he was like, "You're gonna get a staff job somewhere purely because the Final Fantasy games are gonna be coming out the next few years. Like that is that is your beat.
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
3: <laughs> I was like you're you're not wrong. I. <sighs> I'm obsessed with this series. I, I will talk about Final Fantasy VII and any of the games in that series anytime exhaustively, so.
2: The yeah. one person in the document, the guests that we have that is willing to come on for Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> <laughs> Be oh, absolutely, uh, yes, um, let's do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure there's someone else in there, but <laughs> Every... <laughs> one of the very few people. Every
1: Fanbite Deep War fan will remember this, but there's a really good episode of Fan With where where uh, Danielle or EIC uh, confuses a dirge for a boat and not a song, which is like
4: oh, one of my so
1: favorite good. minute and a half of... <laughs> Podcast we've ever done. It's one of the funniest. I don't even remember what episode it is. I'll no, do it's research. early Danielle. It's early, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard because early there's Danielle just this, just, There's Danielle. just this moment where Danielle's just talking about the boat and the boat and there's the boat. And then like Merritt and Steven <laughs> and some other people are just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what's he talking about? Anyway, I love Danielle very much, but Dirge of Cerberus will always remind me of that one. Minute and a half of fan width, That's so, beautiful.
3: Anyway, I love yeah. that.
0: Oh. And I love uh, doing this show with everybody. And I love doing all the other shows that we do on the podcast network that you can find at podcastnet.work or fanbite.com slash podcasts. Either one of those <laughs> URLs will work, but I like the first one because it's funny. Uh, Why are
2: Segway so good today? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I've
0: got this cat here kind of like jumping in front of my monitor right now, screaming at me because it's food time. And I think he's just kind of giving me the energy I need to move on. Um... <laughs> And you can move on to the uh, Fanbyte Discord, which is fanbyte.casa on wow. the internet for people who need to uh, join our cool community full of uh, fun friends who like to do stuff like send in questions uh, in our questions channel. You can also send questions uh, for the podcast at podcast at fanbite.com. That is the email address. And... Uh is that is that most of the stuff? I guess everybody has an email or not an email address, but uh but a Twitter account. Jess, do you yeah. want to um plug your kind of uh presence on the internet?
3: Yeah, you can find me at just Jess is fine on Twitter. I'm also the managing editor over at Uppercut, which you can find on Twitter at Uppercut Crit.
0: And you have a podcast that you do over there, right?
3: Yeah, I do pound pal- around, it comes out every yeah, we've had Natalie on and it was so fun. Um, we actually let Natalie do the it's intro a great in. Podcast. It's so good. Um, all in oo voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I do recommend listening to Natalie's episode. Incredible. I totally forgot that. It's so fucking funny. Whenever I whenever I need a pick me up, I'm just gonna go back and listen to that.
0: <laughs>
4: well, besides um, the yeah.
0: podcast. Oh, sorry.
2: No, oh, no, no, go ahead.
0: Uh, besides the podcast episode of Pallin' Around that Natalie was on, where can people find you, Natalie?
2: Oh, people can find me at Mesia on Twitter. That's Heart, I-M-E-C-I-A.
0: Uh, Final Fantasy reference, if I've ever heard one. Wow. Always perfect for Final <laughs> Fantasy episodes.
1: John, where can people find you? Uh you can find me tearing through my last uh blue apron recipes before I cancel my <laughs> cancel my membership at floppy adult on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for that, John. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at, at Steven Strum, S T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M, and you can find our producer Jordan Mallory at Jordan underscore Mallory on Twitter. Uh, Jess, I don't know if you've ever heard an episode of 99 Potions in the past. (laughs) And if you uh, had, you would know uh, how we like to end these episodes. If you haven't, you would have no idea because we never prepare our guests with this information whatsoever.
4: Uh, But we
0: like to, um, especially on episodes about the game where the name 99 Potions comes from, which is the Final Fantasy series and also things like Dragon Quest. We like to sidle up to the Seventh Heaven bar countertop and uh, <laughs> grab ourselves a cool drink and give it a big old.